Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Seven Investing Podcast, where it's our mission to empower you to invest in your future. You get started with Seven Investing at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe today to get full access to our seven top stock ideas every month, including our recent 2022 year in review. I'm joined by my entire team of lead advisors here at Seven Investing, except for Steve Symington, who has strep throat, unfortunately, today and not able to make it. But it's been an interesting year for 2022, guys. Uh, but we always like at the end of the year to have a little bit of fun as a team. We make reckless predictions for the upcoming year. Of course, we don't always promise a 100 batting average for all of these reckless predictions. But I guess that's why we call them reckless in the first place. Luke, let's get started. Let's go to you first. Over in the United Kingdom, on the other side of the pond, Luke, what is your reckless prediction that's going to happen next year? Well, yes. Simon, I had a bunch, um, and I'm going to go with, I, I'm not going to go with the safety. Uh, so no, there were, I'll be honest, a couple of seven investing active recommendations. I'm kind of wondering whether might be acquired, but I was doing some, I was running some screeners earlier today, and I think a company that is ripe to be acquired in 2023 is the social networking app Nextdoor. If you guys are familiar with Nextdoor, um, they're, in, they're not in great financial shape. Um, but they've got like 60 million users, more than half of which are weekly active users. But these guys do not know how to turn revenue into operating profit. So they're in a bit of a mess. Um, but it's a decent idea. I kind of like the idea of having like a local social network. I've used the thing, though. I don't know if many of our listeners have. It's a bit of a diabolical experience. They've just they've taken a good idea. They've implemented it really badly. I think it doesn't need an Elon, but I think uh, an innovator coming along and perhaps plucking the company, taking it private, uh, could do something much more interesting with it. And they have got that 60 million user base that can be leaned on. That's my reckless prediction. Next door gets acquired. Okay, now, Luke, unprofitable business, has no idea how to make money, but it's got some good top line growth. Who's the acquirer for this? Seems like a perfect fit for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, huh? I don't know. Is that, I mean, it's, it's such a weeny little like 60 million users. That's a blip. And I, I didn't say like the enterprise value of this thing is only a hundred million dollars. They got some money in the bank. The market cap is seven hundred million dollars. Like this is pocket change for most social ne social networks. Um, I don't know. I think probably more likely it's a, a to take private and uh, someone just does something much more interesting with that data. Like if we think about what's happening in the ad tech space right now, as uh, we get into this kind of inflationary period, everyone gets focused on where they're going to make the revenue. Well, if I can make money from like the guy that lives on my street or, you know, if shops can monetize people walking past them every day, uh, I know that's the meta business model. But I think next door, I've got some interesting data that they're just not using very well. And a, a smarter tech leader could possibly do something better with that. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm going to hand the torch over to Matt Cochran. Matt, sorry about the dig on Facebook that I dug in there, but uh, did you have a question for Luke on Nextdoor as well? Luke, out of the 60 million active users on Nextdoor app, how many are in my neighborhood? Because I feel like I get <laughs> notifications from them 10 times a day. Matt, does it, does Nextdoor, every time you get one of those notifications, does it make you feel less and less of your neighbors? I like my neighbors. I see what's on my Nextdoor notifications. It's diabolical. I don't like my neighbors at all. So, <laughs> so I don't know if I feel less of them. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it just, I mean, is it just like, like, I feel like there's potential for it, but it's like it, all the notifications I get are, did you see this like person sneaking through, stealing the package off my driveway? Or did you, 
like who, who who heard that loud bang last night or you know just things like that constantly it was supposed to be the uh it's, it's founded by a, a i think an irish lady it was supposed to create community cohesion and i think it's possibly more just exposed us uh us all for you know being kind of bigoted and small-minded and kind of you know focused on the horrible stuff rather than being welcoming and looking forward to 2023 and all the wonders it might bring us hopefully some of your predictions are a bit more uh, uh happy than my own <laughs> i do love it luke okay luke Howard is predicting that next door gets acquired by a larger company in 2023 uh, matt let's bring it to you next you know what, what is your prediction for the upcoming year uh well i have i have two predictions simon if that's okay the first one is the Miami Dolphins will not win a Super Bowl, but there's always next year. So that I'm pretty confident in that first prediction. That, that's reckless, Matt. That's a reckless prediction right there. Not nearly as confident in this prediction. So <laughs> my prediction is that uh, like it will be a record year for small and mid-cap tech and software companies being acquired. Uh, they will not be the acquirers, though, are not going to be the mega tap, mega cap tech companies, the Fang stocks, the Microsofts of the world. They're just under too much regulatory pressure, but private equity funds and large cap tech, like that tier beneath the FANG stocks, they're gonna have a field day, I think, picking up some of these beaten down names. Like if you just look, like let's look private equity. Like these are the, the, the 10 largest deals from private equity uh, last year in 2022. That totals $72 billion. And that, you know, that includes Coupa Software, Zendesk, Avalara. And I think Zendesk uh, specifically, that, that deal was for $10 billion later in the year. At the beginning of the year, they were offered $16 billion to go private. They rejected it. And then just like a few months later, had to accept an offer for, for $10 billion. I think that will be a cautionary tale. And a lot of these software names are going to like, might take the first deal that comes their way in fears that something like that might happen to them. Uh, you know, and, and private equity is just like loading up. Uh, Tama Bravo, who like was on six of the top 10 deals uh, from last year. They raised just three funds for a total of uh, $32 billion. Um, like this other one, this is a headline from S&P Global, but like that's how private equity is still looking at the software segment. And then like, if you look at the biggest acquisitions of 2022, uh, all right, so you have Microsoft's you know, uh, announced acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which is still pending and gonna go under a lot of uh, FTC like uh, questioning and it's being reviewed, but a lot of the others are those big tech companies that are beneath that fang tier. And I think that's going to continue. Broadcom, you know, trying to acquire uh, VMware for $61 billion. Oracle made a, a $28 billion acquisition that was like headline for barely a day. AMD closed a $28 billion uh, acquisition of Xilinx. Like Simon, I know you know more about that than I do. Adobe announced a $20 billion acquisition of Figma. And, and, and on and on. And uh, I, I just think those like those companies like are, are, are going to still be on the hunt. Uh, so like if you look who's going to be the hunted, like like a few, I think, that are like going to be uh, like targeted by private equity and, and bigger tech companies. Blackline is a uh, is a uh, is, is four billion dollars. Nutanix is six billion dollars. But even some of the bigger software names like HubSpot, that's thirteen and a half billion dollars. MongoDB, 13 billion dollars. Splunk almost $14 billion. I think like those could be picked up by some of those bigger tech names, uh, tech names too. And so again, just who will, like you have private equity, Vista equity partners, Tom and Bravo, they always make moves. They'll definitely be making acquisitions, but also those big tech names like that I was talking about, like SAP, 
Oracle, IBM, and Cisco. Like, I just think that all of those companies will uh, will be on the hunt for some of these beaten up techniques. Oh man, I love the prediction, man. Lots of cash flows from those subscription-based businesses and money talks out there. Enterprise software in Yerban, I know this is your backyard. I know you've probably got a comment or two about this one with Matt. Well, just that uh, I would love to see Matt predict that Toma Bravo is going, you know, listing itself and somehow we can buy the stock and it looks, it's going to become the software of software companies, right? <laughs> Given all the acquisitions as well. And nearby, let me ask you then, because actually I was thinking about this, like if Tama Bravo went public and obviously like things like valuation would be at play, of course, but like, would you want, would you, how interested would you be in that company? Or to be interested, like, you know, they won't like, I mean, some of those businesses I like, some of them I don't like, but some of them, they got good deals. Some of them, they didn't, but to be good, you know, it's like buying a basket of uh, mid cap to small cap SaaS companies, right? All at one place. One thing you can be sure of that they are very good at stripping out unnecessary costs, right? That's what private equity is really good known for is strip out unnecessary costs. There wouldn't be those, you know, um, pantry parties going on at uh, at the head offices anymore. They would definitely strip away the kitchen. So, so you know, it'll be worth looking at. Great points. Okay, so Matt Cochran, our lead advisor, is saying that there's going to be even more deals on the horizon for a lot of those SaaS companies, public and, and private. Tom Bravo doing a great job with that this past year. Anirban, let's go to you next. Great comments about enterprise software. What's your pick uh, for the reckless prediction next year? Well, it's supposed to be reckless, right? It's, it doesn't necessarily have to be true. So um, my reckless prediction is that uh, Berkshire Hathaway is going to emerge as the largest stockholder uh, for Tesla. That's my reckless prediction. That's, it's a, a, you know, I think it will fit their uh, business model. It will be another Apple-like uh, move, uh, buying the stock when nobody else is, uh, buying the stock at a depressed valuation, buying a company with a lot of moat, buying a company with a lot of uh, potential for evolution into other things, buying a company with a lot of free cash flow. Seems like a perfect Berkshire Hathaway company uh, with the minor... Uh, Minor hiccup of uh, uh, replacing Tim Cook with um, with Elon Musk, uh, but you know Elon Musk could be a persuasive salesman. If uh, if uh, Berkshire Hathaway calls, I'm sure he'll be able to convince uh, Buffett and Munger that it's worthwhile taking a bite. Uh, that would be a huge vote of confidence for the entire market if Warren Buffett bites on Tesla stock right now. Luke or Christoph, do we have any thoughts about Anirban's reckless prediction of uh, Buffett buying into uh, to Tesla this next year? Sounds like optimism rather than realism to me. <laughs> it is reckless. It, it is a re it's a reckless prediction. It's not supposed to be um, realistic. It's supposed to be reckless. Adaban, you're holding those bags and you're hoping that Warren bails you out. <laughs> well, you know, Warren is, uh, for whatever it is, he's a good stock picker, but, you know, I picked Apple before he did. So I just bought more Tesla stock. Warren, so, did you hear you that? Know, you need to take your cues from anywhere, but you should be listening to this podcast right now, Warren Buffett. Oh, I, I'm sure he's got uh, a direct line into my stock trades because yes. he did buy Apple after I bought. You know? I love it. Anirban Mahanti predicting that that Warren Buffett and Berkshire is going to take a stake in Tesla in 2023. Let's move to Christoph Bikarski. Uh, Christoph, what's your, what's your reckless prediction for next year? 
Well, before I, I let it rip, let me first take my daily injection from our friends over at uh, Magic Mind, because yes. uh, this will get me in tune with the time. So cheers, fellas. Uh, the juice that makes me 20 times as smart as uh, for about for a few hours. <laughs> Today, I'll be even 30 times smarter than Luke. That's right. Thank you, Magic Mind. You know, a good sponsor of ours. And we also like the product, like Christos can attest in the video that you're seeing right now. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Now that I'm feeling all smart and juiced up, I'm going even bigger than Anurban. The car is to the horse and buggy as AI is to computing. And it's already here. There is no putting the genie back in the bottle. And people still don't get this. They really don't. It's like we're playing around with kid stuff you know, uh, image makers and whatever, but, 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 but people just don't get it yet. So here's what's going to happen. Apple has a market cap of approximately $2.1 trillion today. Tesla has a market cap of about 379 million. And Nvidia has a market cap of about 363 million. Tesla and NVIDIA combined have a market cap of around 742, which is approximately three times less than Apple. By year's end, Tesla and NVIDIA will be worth more than Apple. Someone on this team has got a comment about that one. Tesla and NVIDIA are worth more than Apple in one year. That's a that's a that's a quite a reckless prediction. That's a statement to make. Anyone want to chime in on this? It's a lot of confidence. But on the other hand, maybe Tesla and Nvidia are significantly undervalued considering the opportunities for AI, like we just mentioned there. Anirban, go ahead. I wouldn't complain about that because you know I own the Tesla stock. So if it goes up, I would rather want Tesla alone to equal <laughs> or become half the market cap of Apple, which it was not too long ago. So uh, yeah, I am on your side, Christoph. And I think, you know, just to just to be completely transparent, I think one way, one reason this is going to be true is that we'll see a little bit more of a decline in the Apple's market cap to kind of, it, it won't just simply be Tesla and NVIDIA shooting up, though that's going to be the majority of it. It's also going to be Apple dropping a little bit in recessionary times. And then at year's end, it's going to be quite the quite the switch. A reminder also that Christoph had Magic Mind 10 seconds before making that prediction. If it comes true, there's going to be a surge in demand for this product. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, let's 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 keep talking about uh, healthcare. One of our healthcare lead advisors, Dana Abramovitz. Dana, what you got on the docket for 2023 here? You know, it's, it's funny. I, th I think it was last year that I was talking about um, Facebook or, or Meta moving into healthcare. I was kind of right, but most, you know, also wrong. Um, it was Amazon that seemed to have, you know, made that move into healthcare. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all if a lot of these large companies are moving into healthcare. So that's my reckless prediction. There are like tens of thousands of, of healthcare apps that are available. Um, a lot of them focused on mental health, um, you know, just kind of relaxation and wellness and, and that kind of thing. And so my prediction um, for 2023 is that there's going to be a lot of consolidation, that a lot of these small um, companies that are focused on mental health and, and wellness um, 
are going to be acquired by some of the larger companies. Um, you know, coming to mind, you know, might be Teladoc, um, you know, which is kind of maybe transitioning away from just telehealth, but you know, they also have their mental health, but including some um, more of the wellness type of, of applications, um, American Well, you know, or ShareCare, you know, similar companies, or maybe Amazon just surprises, <laughs> they'll continue to surprise, surprise us and move into healthcare um, by acquiring some of these, um, you know, mental health companies as well. I love it, Dana. I'll open up for anyone else to ask questions. But my first one, you know, I've got to ask something about this because I love your coverage of healthcare. It just it, it seems like there's always been that hesitation, like that wall between healthcare and data privacy and patient records. And then like big tech, you know, Google wants to get into it and everything else like that. But we did, like you mentioned, uh, Amazon just made a big acquisition of one medical for primary care. Amazon knows a lot about us as people. I mean, is this kind of the first domino to fall that you're going to see a lot more? Is, is it going to be a company like Amazon that knows a lot about you and sells a lot of things to you? Or are you thinking someone else is going to acquire these companies instead? You know, it, it could be Amazon, but then I can see, you know, other companies trying to compete. You know, like I said, last year, I, I think it was last year, you know, Meta, you know, just because they have equally amounts of information, you know, people are putting information about their health, you know, what they're doing, what they're eating, where they're exercising, those types of things. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and we're just offering this information to them, you know, we're giving it up to them for free. And so, you know, it, it won't surprise me that they, you know, start utilizing that in some way, especially since there are these apps available already that, you know, so many people are interacting with, you know, if you make that acquisition, now you just kind of fold that into existing products and, you know, your existing company focus. So it could be Amazon, it could be Facebook, you know, or it can be a company that's already focused on, um, on healthcare. Perfect. So we'll, we might be looking out for consolidation in healthcare apps, especially those related to mental health. Great points from Dana Abramovitz, who's my favorite advisor to follow for healthcare guidance, uh, even the reckless prediction ones. And, and I guess that leaves me as last but not least, I'm going to go with a reckless prediction in the semiconductor space, which I know have uh, the attention of several of my fellow advisors who follow this industry. But my reckless prediction is that Intel is going to acquire wolf speed in 2023. Uh, this is kind of a, a perfect fit in my in my uh, estimation. Wolfspeed is a very small, uh, much smaller company than Intel right now, but they're really working on this mid, mid, uh, this material, this miracle material called silicon carbide, and it's got some really neat applications. And they're scaling up uh, their capacity to fill the needs for electric vehicles. Right? They've got a one billion dollar facility that they're building out in upstate New York. They've got another one point three billion dollar facility in North Carolina. They've got all the IP and they need capital. And they're doing things where they're raising convertible debt. They're partnering with other companies to try to raise as much money as they possibly can because they've got the demand and they've already got the relationships with these customers for electric vehicles. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Intel, who's got $22 billion of cash and short-term investments on its balance sheet. It's pouring out $4 billion of cash flow per quarter. It's got a cost reduction program of $10 billion, and it's paying out $6 billion in its dividend right now. And what does Intel want more than anything? It wants those new markets that it can expand into, especially with Intel Foundry, where it wants to make chips for other companies out there, maybe wooing some big tech companies here in America, maybe getting some government funding from the CHIPS Act, from the Biden administration. And what better market to focus on for custom semiconductor chips than electric vehicles right now? 
So I think it's pretty cool. There's some other uh, breadcrumbs that I've seen that Intel's made an acquisition of Tower Semiconductor, who uh, together with ST Microelectronics is working on sharing the cost for a fab that's in Italy. By the way, that's already going into silicon carbide and electric vehicles. Intel can raise debt a lot more lucrative rates than, uh, than Wolfspeed could do it by itself. Of course, there's a lot of irons in the fire for Intel right now, so to speak. But my goodness, Wolf Speed, Silicon Carbide, Electric Vehicles, that's my reckless prediction for 2023. Uh, Christoph, Luke, Matt, Anirban, Dana, anybody anybody have a question for me about semiconductors Intel? Well, it's kind of telling, I suppose, that like nearly half of us, or half of us on this call, actually, were all about acquisitions. I think I think there's strong consensus about this is what's going to happen in the market as we go into 2023. You know, it's tight out there. It's very hard to run a business, and there's a lot of bargains available. I think Matt Matt kind of screwed us by uh, doing the macro. Everyone's going to acquire everybody. But, yes. uh... <laughs> very true. I'll say, Simon, that that Intel seemed uh, it's such a if that comes to pass, it'll be such a story because they were at the top. Then they missed the entire decade of the mobile phone, and but their but their intellectual capital is still in place. So if you want to bet on an underdog comeback story, well, sorry, not an underdog, but a comeback story, man, uh, I, I just hearing you say that just uh, <laughs> it made me want to fall off my chair. It, it, it really makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the debt ratings, the credit agent agencies uh, have have very very positive outlooks for Intel. It's harder when you're a small company like Wolfspeed is, but they need the capital, right? And and Intel can do that. Um, Wolfspeed's got about a ten billion dollar market cap and about one point five billion dollars of of long term debt right now. Um, that's not exactly a drop in the bucket, but it's certainly something that a company like Intel could take on. I'll uh, say so one more, I'll say one more thing, Simon. Just because the timing is right, this morning I get this newspaper, little local community newspaper about what's going on in the neighborhood. The front story is semiconductor industry heats up in Central Texas with all the points, all the new facilities. That so I mean I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe Intel will open up shop uh, in my backyard. Who knows? In it's our backyard, yeah. Yeah, you saw Samsung right right out there in Austin not too long ago, building new fabs. Uh, and by the way, instead of newspapers, it might be reported on next door as the next digital way of, of figuring out what's going on in your backyard. So, hey, real, real quick recap for everybody who's listening. These were our reckless predictions from Seven Investing for 2023. First, we had Luke Hallard saying that Nextdoor was going to be acquired, kind of set the scene for a whole bunch of discussions about acquisitions. Matt said that there's going to be even more uh, private equity deals like we saw in 2022, 2023, even more of those next year. Anirban says that Buffett's going to buy a stake in Tesla, putting his commitment behind Elon Musk and this company. Christoph said that AI is to computing what the car was to the horse buggy uh, and that NVIDIA and Tesla together would have a larger cap market cap than Apple next year. And Dana said that healthcare app applications were going to be consolidating. There's several of them out there like Teladoc that could be right for the taking for tech companies. And then last but not least, I said that Wolfspeed would be acquired by Intel. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in. And a reminder that Seven Investing every single month is making real stock recommendations not just reckless predictions, but our seven favorite ideas in the stock market each and every month. 
You can learn more at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe. My name is Simon Erickson. We appreciate you tuning in for this podcast. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are Seven Investing, and we hope you have a great 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Seven Investing podcast, where it's our mission to empower you to invest in your future. You can get started with Seven Investing at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe today to get full access to our seven top stock ideas every month, including our recent 2022 year in review. I'm joined by an, my entire team of lead advisors here at Seven Investing, except for Steve Symington, who has strep throat, unfortunately, today and not able to make it. But it's been an interesting year for 2020, 2022, guys. Uh, but we always like at the end of the year to have a little bit of fun as a team. We make reckless predictions for the upcoming year. Of course, we don't always promise a 100 batting average for all of these reckless predictions. But I guess that's why we call them reckless in the first place. Luke, let's get started. Let's go to you first. Over in the United Kingdom on the other side of the pond, Luke, what is your reckless prediction that's going to happen next year? Well, you know, Simon, I had a bunch, um, and I'm going to go with, I, I'm not going to go with the safety. Uh, so there, there were, I'll be honest, a couple of seven investing active recommendations. I'm kind of wondering whether might be acquired, but I was doing some, I was running some screeners earlier today, and I think a company that is ripe to be acquired in 2023 is the social networking app Nextdoor. If you guys are familiar with Nextdoor, um, they're, in, they're not in great financial shape. Um, but they've got like 60 million users, more than half of which are weekly active users. But these guys do not know how to turn revenue into operating profit. So they're in a bit of a mess. Um, but it's a decent idea. I kind of like the idea of having like a local social network. I've used the thing, though. I don't know if many of our listeners have. It's a bit of a diabolical experience. They've just they've taken a good idea. They've implemented it really badly. I think it doesn't need an Elon, but I think uh, an innovator coming along and perhaps plucking the company, taking it private, uh, could do something much more interesting with it. And I have got that 60 million user base that can be leaned on. That's my reckless prediction. Next door gets acquired. Okay, now, Luke, unprofitable business, has no idea how to make money, but it's got some good top line growth. Who's the acquire for this? Seems like a perfect fit for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, huh? Uh, I don't know. Is that, I mean, it's, it's such a weeny little like 60 million users. That's a blip. And I, I didn't say like the enterprise value of this thing is only a hundred million dollars. They got some money in the bank. The market cap is seven hundred million dollars. Like this is pocket change for most social ne social networks. Um, I don't know. I think probably more likely it's a, a to take private and uh, someone just does something much more interesting with that data. Like if we think about what's happening in the ad tech space right now as uh, we get into this kind of inflationary period, everyone gets focused on where they're gonna make the revenue. Well, if I can make money from like the guy that lives on my street, or you know, if shops can monetize people walking past them every day, uh, I know that's the meta business model, but I think next door I've got some interesting data that they're just not using very well. And a, a smarter tech leader could possibly do something better with that. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm going to hand the torch over to Matt Cochran. Matt, sorry about the dig on Facebook that I dug in there, but uh, did you have a question for Luke on Nextdoor as well? Luke, out of the 60 million active users on Nextdoor app, how many are in my neighborhood? Because I feel like I get <laughs> notifications from them 10 times a day. Matt, does it, does Nextdoor, every time you get one of those notifications, does it make you feel less and less of your neighbors? I like my neighbors. I see what's on my Nextdoor notifications. It's diabolical. I don't like my neighbors at all. So, <laughs> so 
I don't know if I feel less of them. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it just, I mean, it just like, like, I feel like there's potential for it, but it's like it, all the notifications I get are, did you see this like person sneaking through, stealing the package off my driveway? Or did you like, who, who, who heard that loud bang last night? Or, you know, just things like that constantly. It was supposed to be the, uh, it's, it's founded by, a, a, I think, an Irish lady. It was supposed to create community cohesion. And I think it's possibly more just exposed us, uh, us all for, you know, being kind of bigoted and small minded and kind of, you know, focused on the horrible stuff rather than being welcoming and looking forward to 2023 and all the wonders it might bring us. Hopefully some of your predictions are a bit more uh, uh, happy than my own. <laughs> I do love it, Luke. Okay, Luke Howard is predicting that next door gets acquired by a larger company in 2023. Uh, Matt, let's bring it to you next. You know, what, what is your prediction for the upcoming year? Uh, well, I have I have two predictions, Simon, if that's okay. The first one is the Miami Dolphins will not win a Super Bowl, but there's always next year. <laughs> so that I'm pretty confident in that first prediction. That, that's reckless, Matt. That's a reckless prediction right there. Not nearly as confident in this prediction. So <laughs> My prediction is that uh, like, it will be a record year for small and mid-cap tech and software companies being acquired. Uh, they will not be, the acquirers though, are not gonna be the mega-cap mega tech companies, the FANG stocks, the Microsofts of the world. They're just under too much regulatory pressure, but private equity funds and large cap tech, like that tier beneath the FANG stocks, they're gonna have a field day, I think, picking up some of these beaten down names. Like if you just look, like let's look private equity, like these are the, the the 10 largest deals from private equity uh, last year in 2022. That totals $72 billion. And that, you know, that includes Coupa Software, Zendesk, Avalara. And I think Zendesk uh, specifically, that, that deal was for $10 billion later in the year. At the beginning of the year, they were offered $16 billion to go private. They rejected it. And then just like a few months later, had to accept an offer for, for $10 billion. I think that will be a cautionary tale. And a lot of these software names are going to like, might take the first deal that comes their way in fears that something like that might happen to them. Uh, you know, and, and private equity is just like loading up. Uh, Tama Bravo, who like was on six of the top 10 deals uh, from last year, they raised just three funds for a total of uh, $32 billion. Um, like this other one, this is a headline from S&P Global, but like that's how private equity is still looking at the software segment. And then like, if you look at the biggest acquisitions of 2022, uh, all right, so you have Microsoft's you know, uh, announced acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which is still pending and going to go under a lot of uh, FTC like uh, questioning and it's being reviewed. But a lot of the others are those big tech companies that are beneath that fang tier. And I think that's going to continue. Broadcom, you know, trying to acquire uh, VMware for $61 billion. Oracle made a, a $28 billion acquisition that was like headline for barely a day. AMD closed a $28 billion uh, acquisition of Xilinx. Like, Simon, I know you know more about that than I do. Adobe announced a $20 billion acquisition of Figma and, and, and on and on. And uh, I, I just think those like those companies like are, are, are going to still be on the hunt. Uh, so like if you look who's going to be the hunted, like like a few, I think, that are like going to be uh, – by targeted by private equity and, and bigger tech companies. Blackline is a uh, is a uh, is it's four billion dollars. Nutanix is six billion dollars. But even some of the bigger software names like HubSpot, that's thirteen and a half billion dollars. MongoDB, thirteen billion dollars. Splunk, 
almost $14 billion. I think like those could be picked up by some of those bigger tech names, uh, tech names too. And so again, just who cares? Like you have private equity, Vista Equity Partners, Tom and Bravo, they always make moves. They'll definitely be making acquisitions, but also those big tech names like that I was talking about, like SAP, Oracle, IBM, and Cisco. Like, I just think that all of those companies will, uh, will be on the hunt for some of these beaten up tech names. Oh man, I love the prediction, man. Lots of cash flows from those subscription-based businesses and money talks out there. Enterprise software in Irvine, I know this is your backyard. I know you've probably got a comment or two about this one with Matt. Well, just that uh, I would love to see Matt predict that Toma Bravo is going, you know, listing itself and somehow we can buy the stock and it. it looks, it's going to become the software of software companies, right? <laughs> Given all the acquisitions as made. And Nirbal, let me ask you then, because actually I was thinking about this, like if Tama Bravo went public and obviously like things like valuation would be at play, of course, but like, would you want, would you, how interested would you be in that company? Or to be interested, like, you know, they won't like, I mean, some of those businesses I like, some of them I don't like, but some of them, they got good deals. Some of them, they didn't, but to be good, you know, it's like buying a basket of uh, mid cap to small cap SaaS companies, right? All at one place. One thing you can be sure of that they are very good at stripping out unnecessary costs, right? That's what private equity is really good known for is strip out unnecessary costs. There wouldn't be those, you know, um, pantry parties going on at uh, at the head offices anymore. They would definitely strip away the kitchen. So, so you know, it'll be worth looking at. Great points. Okay, so Matt Cochran, our lead advisor, is saying that there's going to be even more deals on the horizon for a lot of those SaaS companies, public and, and private. Tom Abramo doing a great job with that this past year. Anirban, let's go to you next. Great comments about enterprise software. What's your pick uh, for the reckless prediction next year? Well, it's supposed to be reckless, right? It's, it doesn't necessarily have to be true. So um, my reckless prediction is that uh, Berkshire Hathaway is going to emerge as the largest stockholder uh for tesla that's my reckless prediction that's it's a, a, you know i think it will fit their uh, business model it will be another apple like uh, move uh buy in the stock when nobody else is uh, buying the stock at a depressed valuation buying a company with a lot of moat buying a company with a lot of uh potential for evolution into other things buying a company with a lot of free cash flow Seems like a perfect Berkshire Hathaway company uh, with a minor, uh, minor hiccup of uh, uh, replacing Tim Cook with, uh, with Elon Musk. Uh, but, you know, Elon Musk could be a persuasive salesman. If, uh, if uh, Berkshire Hathaway calls, I'm sure he'll be able to convince uh, Buffett and Munger that it's worthwhile taking a bite. Uh, that would be a huge vote of confidence for the entire market if Warren Buffett bites on Tesla stock right now. Luke or Christoph, do we have any thoughts about Anirban's reckless prediction of uh, Buffett buying into uh, to Tesla this next year? Sounds like optimism rather than realism to me. <laughs> it is reckless, Luke. <laughs> it is a re it's a reckless prediction. It's not supposed to be um, realistic. It's supposed to be reckless. Alban, you're holding those bags and you're hoping that Warren bails you out. <laughs> well, you know, Warren is, uh, for whatever reason, he's a good stock picker, but, you know, I picked Apple before he did. So I just bought more <laughs> Tesla stock. Warren, so, did you hear you that? Know, you need to take your cues from anywhere. You should be listening to this podcast right now, Warren Buffett. 
Oh, I, I'm sure he's got uh, a direct line into my stock trades because yes. he did buy Apple after <laughs> I bought it. You know? I love it. Anirban Mahanti predicting that that Warren Buffett and Berkshire is going to take a stake in Tesla in 2023. Let's move to Christoph Bykarski. Uh, Christoph, what's your, what's your reckless prediction for next year? Well, before I, I let it rip, let me first take my daily injection from our friends over at uh, Magic Mind, because yes. uh, this will get me in tune with the time. So cheers, fellas. Uh, the juice that makes me 20 times as smart as uh, for about for a few hours <laughs> today, I'll be even 30 times smarter than Luke. That's right. Thank you, Magic Mind. You know, a good sponsor of ours. And we also like the product like Christos can attest in the video that you're seeing right now. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Now that I'm feeling all smart and juiced up, I'm going even bigger than Anurban. The car is to the horse and buggy as AI is to computing. And it's already here. There is no putting the genie back in the bottle. And people still don't get this. They really don't. It's like we're playing around with kid stuff you know, uh, image makers and whatever, but 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 people just don't get it yet. So here's what's going to happen. Apple has a market cap of approximately $2.1 trillion today. Tesla has a market cap of about $379 million. And NVIDIA has a market cap of about $363 million. Tesla and NVIDIA combined have a market cap of around 742, which is approximately three times less than Apple. By year's end, Tesla and NVIDIA will be worth more than Apple. Someone on this team has got a comment about that one. Tesla and NVIDIA are worth more than Apple in one year. That's a that's a that's a quite a reckless prediction. That's a statement to make. Anyone want to chime in on this? It's a lot of confidence. But on the other hand, maybe Tesla and Nvidia are significantly undervalued considering the opportunities for AI, like we just mentioned there. Anirban, go ahead. I wouldn't complain about that because you know I own the Tesla stock. So if it goes up, I would rather want Tesla alone to equal <laughs> or become half the market cap of Apple, which it was not too long ago. So uh, yeah, I am on your side, Christoph. And I think, you know, just to just to be completely transparent, I think one way, one reason this is going to be true is that we'll see a little bit more of a decline in the Apple's market cap to kind of, it, it won't just simply be Tesla and NVIDIA shooting up, though that's going to be the majority of it. It's also going to be Apple dropping a little bit in recessionary times. And then at year's end, it's going to be quite the quite the switch. Uh, a reminder also that Christoph had Magic Mind 10 seconds before making that prediction. If it comes true, there's going to be a surge in demand for this product. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, let's 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 keep talking about uh, healthcare. One of our healthcare lead advisors, Dana Abramovitz. Dana, what you got on the docket for 2023 here? You know, it's, it's funny. I, th I think it was last year that I was talking about um, Facebook or, or Meta moving into healthcare. I was kind of right, but most, you know, also wrong. Um, it was Amazon that seemed to have, you know, made that move into healthcare. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all if a lot of these large companies are moving into healthcare. So that's my reckless prediction. There are like tens of thousands of, of healthcare apps that are available. Um, a lot of them focused on mental health, 
um, you know, just kind of relaxation and wellness and, and that kind of thing. And so my prediction um, for 2023 is that there's going to be a lot of consolidation, that a lot of these small um, companies that are focused on mental health and, and wellness um, are going to be acquired by some of the larger companies, um, you know, coming to mind, you know, might be Teladoc, um, you know, which is kind of maybe transitioning away from just telehealth, but, you know, they also have their mental health, but including some um, more of the wellness type of, of applications, um, American Well, you know, or ShareCare, you know, similar companies, or maybe Amazon just surprises, like they'll continue to surprise, surprise us and move into healthcare um, by acquiring some of these, um, you know, mental health companies as well. I love it, Dana. I'll open up for anyone else to ask questions. But my first one, you know, I've got to ask something about this because I love your coverage of healthcare. It just it, it seems like there's always been that hesitation, like that wall between healthcare and data privacy and patient records. And then like big tech, you know, Google wants to get into it and everything else like that. But we did, like you mentioned, uh, Amazon just made a big acquisition of one medical for primary care. Amazon knows a lot about us as people. I mean, is this kind of the first domino to fall that you're going to see a lot more? Is, is it going to be a company like Amazon that knows a lot about you and sells a lot of things to you? Or are you thinking someone else is going to acquire these companies instead? You know, it, it could be Amazon, but then I can see, you know, other companies trying to compete. You know, like I said, last year, I, I think it was last year, you know, Meta, you know, just because they have equally amounts of information, you know, people are putting information about their health, you know, what they're doing, what they're eating, where they're exercising, those types of things. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and we're just offering this information to them, you know, we're giving it up to them for free. And so, you know, it, it won't surprise me that they, you know, start utilizing that in some way, especially since there are these apps available already that, you know, so many people are interacting with, you know, if you make that acquisition, now you just kind of fold that into existing products and, you know, your existing company focus. So it could be Amazon, it could be Facebook, you know, or it can be a company that's already focused on, um, on healthcare. Perfect. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So we'll, we might be looking out for consolidation in healthcare apps, especially those related to mental health. Great points from Dana Abramovitz, who's my favorite advisor to follow for healthcare guidance, uh, even the reckless prediction ones. And, and I guess that leaves me as last but not least, I'm going to go with a reckless prediction in the semiconductor space, which I know have uh, the attention of several of my fellow advisors who follow this industry. But my reckless prediction is that Intel is going to acquire wolf speed in 2023. Uh, this is kind of a, a perfect fit in my in my uh, estimation. Wolfspeed is a very small, uh, much smaller company than Intel right now, but they're really working on this mid, mid, uh, this material, this miracle material called silicon carbide, and it's got some really neat applications. And they're scaling up uh, their capacity to fill the needs for electric vehicles. Right? They've got a one billion dollar facility that they're building out in upstate New York. They've got another one point three billion dollar facility in North Carolina. They've got all the IP and they need capital. And they're doing things where they're raising convertible debt. They're partnering with other companies to try to raise as much money as they possibly can. 
because they've got the demand and they've already got the relationships with these customers for electric vehicles. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Intel, who's got $22 billion of cash and short-term investments on its balance sheet. It's pouring out $4 billion of cash flow per quarter. It's got a cost reduction program of $10 billion, and it's paying out $6 billion in its dividend right now. And what does Intel want more than anything? It wants those new markets that it can expand into, especially with Intel Foundry, where it wants to make chips for other companies out there, maybe wooing some big tech companies here in America, maybe getting some government funding from the CHIPS Act, from the Biden administration. And what better market to focus on for custom semiconductor chips than electric vehicles right now? So I think it's pretty cool. There's some other uh, breadcrumbs that I've seen that Intel's made an acquisition of Tower Semiconductor, who uh, together with ST Microelectronics is working on sharing the cost for a fab that's in Italy. By the way, that's already going into silicon carbide and electric vehicles. Intel can raise that a lot more lucrative rates than, uh, than Wolfspeed could do it by itself. Of course, there's a lot of irons in the fire for Intel right now, so to speak. But my goodness, Wolf speed, silicon carbide, electric vehicles. That's my reckless prediction for 2023. Uh, Christoph, Luke, Matt, and Irvine, and Dana, anybody anybody have a question for me about semiconductor Intel? Well, it's kind of telling. I suppose that like nearly half of us, or half of us on this call actually, were all about acquisitions. I think I think there's strong consensus about this is what's going to happen in the market as we go into 2023. You know, it's tight out there. It's very hard to run a business and there's a lot of bargains available. I think Matt Matt kind of screwed us by uh, doing the macro, everyone's going to acquire everybody. But, yes. uh... <laughs> very true. I'll say, Simon, that, that Intel seemed, uh, it's such a, if that comes to pass, it'll be such a story because they were at the top, then they missed the entire decade of the mobile phone and but their but their intellectual capital is still in place. So if you want to bet on an underdog comeback story, well, sorry, not an underdog, but a comeback story, man, uh, I, I just hearing you say that just uh, <laughs> it made me want to fall off my chair. It, it, it really makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the debt ratings, the credit agent agencies uh, have have very very positive outlooks for Intel. It's harder when you're a small company like Wolfspeed is, but they need the capital, right? And and Intel can do that. Um, Wolfspeed's got about a $10 billion market cap and about $1.5 billion of, of long-term debt right now. Um, that's not exactly a drop in the bucket, but it's certainly something that a company like Intel could take on. I'll, uh, say, so one more, I'll say one more thing, Simon, just because the timing is right. This morning, I get this newspaper, little local community newspaper about what's going on in the neighborhood. The front story is semiconductor industry heats up in central Texas with all the points, all the new facilities that, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe Intel will open up shop uh, in my backyard. Who knows? In it's our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. You saw Samsung right, right out there in Austin, not too long ago, building new fabs. Uh, and by the way, instead of newspapers, it might be reported on next door is the next digital way of, of figuring out what's going on in your backyard. So, hey, real, real quick recap for everybody who's listening. These were our reckless predictions from Seven Investing for 2023. First, we had Luke Hallard saying that Nextdoor was going to be acquired, kind of set the scene for a whole bunch of discussions about acquisitions. Matt said that there's going to be even more uh, private equity deals like we saw in 2022, 2023, even more of those next year. Anirban says that Buffett's going to buy a stake in Tesla, putting his commitment behind Elon Musk and this company. Christoph said that AI 
is to computing what the car was to the horse buggy, uh, and that NVIDIA and Tesla together would have a larger cap market cap than Apple next year. And Dana said that healthcare app applications were going to be consolidating. There's several of them out there like Teladoc that could be ripe for the taking for tech companies. And then last but not least, I said that Wolfspeed would be acquired by Intel. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in. And a reminder that Seven Investing every single month is making real stock recommendations, not just reckless predictions, but our seven favorite ideas in the stock market each and every month. You can learn more at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe. My name's Simon Erickson. We appreciate you tuning in for this podcast. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are Seven Investing, and we hope you have a great 2023. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.